to another edition of Footy Talks with Stephen Caldwell. This one's a, a very special one for me. It's a player-to-player with a guy who I've played against in two different continents, a, a player I think we've probably played against each other seven or eight times. Over the balance, I'm pretty sure this man's had, had the better of the battles, I have to say. Bradley Wright Phillips, thanks for coming on, mate. <laughs> thanks for having me, Cause man. I appreciate it. It's good to talk to you. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah, it's, we're going to have a great chat, mate. There's loads of, obviously, connections, like I've said, between our careers. I think the fact that we both have brothers that are professional players as well is is pretty unique. There's not many guys that you can speak to that have went through that, that same thing of playing with their brother in a professional yeah. game. It's something special, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's one I've learned to appreciate. I got to do it twice, and it's the first time at Man City, I didn't really appreciate it. And then when he came to New York Red Bulls, I made sure that I was going to cherish that kind of, that, that moment. And it's, yeah, it's something I could always look back on you too, you know, and you have that memory to share together. It's amazing. Yeah, you, you guys were lucky. You had it at the start, but we went to Newcastle, two cocky Scottish lads thinking, you know, <laughs> of course we'll play in the first team together and yeah. it's going to be amazing. And then it, it never happened for Gary and he had yeah. to go elsewhere to find his career. And so we played together for Scotland, which was immense, but that must have been amazing. we're never going to get it at the club. And then I went to Wigan for that year we had a few games together. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. an experience. And the I was best, there, right? so I could enjoy it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. That's amazing, though. So good. Yeah, brilliant day. So I always start these off, mate. I like to go back to date of birth, the 12th of March, 1985. Place of birth, Lewisham, England. Bradley Wright Phillips comes into the world. Gives an idea of what life was like growing up. I don't know if you're from Lewisham or somewhere nearby, but yeah. tell us what life was like for you in the early stages of your career and how that connected to football. Yeah, I'm from, well, I'm from Lewisham Borough, but I'm from a place called Turnham. It's in Broccoli, um, South East London. Yeah, it was a very um, family, you know, orientated kind of area, community. You know, I knew every kid on my estate from, from 10 minutes away to around the corner. I had cousins that lived in the same, you know, block of flats as me. It was just like, it was a, it was a place that just full of like family and friends. Um, I don't know if you have those kind of things anymore, but this place was like the best of me. We had adventure playgrounds, you know, just think of like 20 kids all similar ages from my brother's age to mine, just running around that area. And knowing, you know, everybody, you know, all the parents or the, everyone around there, the shop owners. And it was just, a, it was a lovely time in my life. Amazing. Like I always look back on it and it's just set me up good for today. Yeah, it's really special with the communities that we had back then. Eh? It's something that we're, we're missing a little bit in, in 2020. Yeah. But life was about, you know, your parents kicking you out the door at, in the morning if it was the school yeah. holidays or at night, yeah. if it was a summer night, say, right, on you go, be back for, for 9.30. Come, and that come was back it. when you're starving. Come back when you're starving, that's it. Get a sandwich, a jam, a jam sandwich we used to get. Off you go, yeah. be back Amazing. in a few hours. Great, yeah. Not like that anymore. I'm scared to even let my kids go anywhere like that. Yeah, it's a different world for sure. So, yeah. was was uh, was football? I mean, we were playing it for the, probably the days we could walk. But was it was it serious at a young age for you? When was your first boys' club? What was that situation yeah. like? And and were you were you always extremely talented, or did it take a little bit of time to develop? I think football for me it was it was always serious. I'm like that. I think football is one of the only things I take serious maybe too much sometimes you know to where it's been a downfall of mine but from a young age I just remember being obsessed with it I would watch um like the England there was a video a VHS video like the 1990 um what was it 
was it Euros or what was it? World Cup, World Cup, sorry, 1990 World Cup, yeah. Yeah, and it was like Gascoigne and Lineker and that. And it just had like behind the scenes and I would watch this every day. <laughs> like literally every day. I knew like every word when Gascoigne was going to cry. I just knew everything. I used to love it, obsessed. And then um, I think at around six and a half, I went to a team called Dulwich Hamlet. It's in South London too. And um, yeah, I went with my cousin, my cousin Carol. He was on the team already and he, they brought me in. Yeah, from that day, it was just the best. Uh, just getting a kit, getting a tracksuit, being part of a team, I was just, that was me for the rest of my life. That was, I knew that's what I wanted to be involved in. Yeah, for those that don't know, your dad is the one and only Ian Wright. So, you know, I'm thinking, when, when did you first watch him play? Of course, he moved from Palace to Arsenal where he became an absolute legend. But I, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> chuckling there as you're telling me about watching an Italian 90 video and I'm thinking, these guys were his teammates, became his teammates, were his yeah. friends, I'm sure. And so, yeah. what was that like? I mean, what an influence having a dad who was not just a professional football player, but one of the best within the English game during his era. Yeah. Um, to your first bit of the question, is I think, yeah, I went to Palace games early. I went to Palace games quite young. Uh, my uncles would bring my dad's brothers. They would bring us every now and again. Yeah, that was an, that was an amazing time. That was, I think when I was younger, people would, you know, a lot of people knew who my dad was, like who me and Sean's dad was. And they would come and ask me, but I didn't really know how much of a big deal he was. So people would always like bother me about it. And, and a lot of the time I'd lie. I'd be like, nah, it's not my dad. Because it, it started getting annoying. Yeah. But it's until I got a little bit older when I'd go and watch him. When I'd actually go and watch him and see like fans, like thousands of fans singing his name. I'd be like, this is, this is crazy. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, it was like a weird, I don't know if it was in denial, but I just wasn't. I didn't seem to be as clued up as everyone else about him. You know, to me, it was just my dad. I, I didn't really know the ins and outs of football. But yeah, when I first went to watch Crystal Palace, that was a, that was a special time. Like them singing glad all over and it just, just loud, you know. Um, I think he scored. It was just a, an amazing experience. And yeah, I knew when I saw him score, I don't know if it was the first game I went to or whenever, but when I, met, when I first remember him scoring and him running into the crowd, that was me from then. Like I had to play football. That was me. That's unbelievable. That, in Scotland, we never actually got a lot of English games back then, but we got we got the FA Cup finals. We got the, we got the big games. Yeah. And I can remember, you know, your dad playing in the FA Cup final against Manchester United. One of yeah. the best games I've ever watched. Must have been, was that 1990? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I was, uh, I was nine or ten. Yeah. And the Saturday game, the, the, the replay was actually a damp squid. Man, you winning that one nil. Yeah. The Saturday game, your dad scored. It was unbelievable. I remember he came on. I think he came on to get yeah. two. Like he got a brace. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And I was in awe of of the the game and obviously yeah. the, the performance. But having an influence like that in your career can can obviously be, uh, you know, a bonus and a curse. I guess. Did Did you yeah. ever feel the pressure of Ian Wright being your dad? We'll get to Sean more in a minute, but Sean being yeah. your brother, was there, was there a pressure there or was there just a kind of confidence about the fact that this was in your blood and you were more than capable yeah. of doing it? See, I think in the beginning, that's what it was to, to the, la- right. the, the latter part of your, um, your question there. In the beginning, it was just more like, yeah, they do this. You know, my dad plays, my brother plays, I'm going to play. It wasn't, I didn't think too deeply about it. It was nothing. It was only when I started getting into the academy and started playing, you know, res- resi games, reserve games, um, you know, people start comparing or if I didn't play well, you know, it'd be like, oh, he's rubbish. 
if I played really well, they'll be like, that's what he's supposed to do. You know, his brother's this, his dad's that. So then, yeah, when I started getting older and started understanding more and trying to find my, my game, that's when I, I realised there's a bit of pressure in this, you know. But when I was younger, no pressure. It was just, yeah, I just used to play. I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm a decent player. Just get on with it. Yeah, it's funny. But like, you know, my, my brother's younger than me, Gary. And I would say most people would, would say he had a better career than me. Achieved more, 55 caps for Scotland and yeah. Celtic and a lot of games in the Premier League. And, and so with me... I was the example and I was lucky to achieve through youth football and then into the professional game. And Gaz had that example to chase. Yeah. But when yeah. I think of your story, mate, I, I think you're like a legend as a dad and Sean's blistering start to his career at Man City. And then yeah. I think of the pressures on you to try and to try and yeah. to guys. It's it's a total different dynamic and, and I can yeah. see how it was tough and you probably had moments where there was unreasonable expectations on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, um, it definitely started out like I definitely started out like just like I said before, just trying to strive for my, you know, just for my career. But then when you see, yeah, I did go through a stage of, you know, knowing what my brother's done. He's playing for England. So now I would start, you know, just putting a lot of pressure on myself, trying to do things I'm, I don't usually do, not playing to my strengths. And yeah, those things can sidetrack you. But then I realized I was comfortable with the player I was. I like the player I am. I think I'm a good player. And I just, I got used to that. I just worked on my movements because Sean's a winger. That's another yeah. thing I had to get into. My mind. He's a winger. I'm a striker. And that took a little bit of pressure off. You know, we're not the same player. There's not really too much comparison. So, the, yeah, I just focused on my game. The more I started to question it, I, I sat down to myself. And it wasn't until late in my career course. It's when I got to America, I, I really, you know, decided to take my career into my own hands and, and just think about my career, not what they say about my dad, not the pressure of, you know, being his son, my brother's brother. And it was just, as soon as I started thinking about me and just having fun and, and focusing on football, things worked out for me. And, and you, you boys started at Forest and then the move came about to both go to Man City. Give us yeah. you know, an idea how that happened and, and what the story was there. Yeah, we were playing for Nottingham Forest um, like youth ages. I must have been 13, 12, 13 maybe, maybe a little younger. And Sean was um, in the year where he's, you know, they're deciding if they're going to give him a schoolboy contract. And they said he was too small. Uh, yeah, they released him. So we had a guy that scouted us, Kieran Rafferty, um, to go to Nottingham Forest. But he left, went to Man City. And he'd known that Sean got let go, obviously. And he said, you know, to Man City, I've got two brothers. One's just been released from Nottingham Forest. The younger brother's good too. Look at them. So we go up there. We both do well in our trials. And yeah, the rest is, the rest is history. Yeah, and, and so Sean gets into the first team. You're, you're cracking on behind them. You, you eventually get your chance. Uh, you score four minutes into your debut. You come on as substitute. Oh, you score at your debut. What was that like? It must have been some feeling. That was, all the things I just told you before about, you know, being at the stadium, seeing the crowd cheer and, you know, seeing my dad do it, seeing my brother do it. It was like, it was surreal. I remember, like, even now it's a bit of a blur. Because it's not like today where the social media, you can find your goals anywhere. I don't know if I've ever seen that goal back. <laughs> Apart from like two, three months, like just at the time, yeah. I don't think I've seen that goal back. And I rem what I do remember from that goal is just when I was running back, because we were losing 3-1, I think. Yeah, we were losing 3-1. And I come on, yeah, I scored to make it 3-2. And it was, it's kind of one of those things. It's my first goal, but I can't celebrate. We're losing, you know? But you want, I do remember inside, you want to celebrate. Inside, I'm like exploding, you know? <laughs> But I looked at my brother and it's like his eyes were kind of like watering. You know? He was like, oh. 
But yeah, it was like, I remember, and, I, and that just made me feel like I made him proud almost. And that was like, that was amazing for me. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, amazing to me. Yeah, amazing. What a story, what a story mate. I, uh, I made my debut at Main Road against Man City. What a place. 2000, what a place, eh? What a place. So, so I'm sitting there, I'm on the bench, and um, Andy Griffin, our fullback, gets an injury. Um, and so there's going to be a reshuffle. We're going to put, I think it was maybe Obi, Andy O'Brien, someone else, in yeah. the fullback. And I was coming on at centre half. And who was I against? But George Ware was playing for City. Oh, my God. <laughs> World Player of the Year, five or six years before. And he yeah, was past his best a little bit. But it's still George yeah. Ware, isn't it? It's George Ware, bro. That's amazing. I've seen him play Serie A. He scored the goal for the corner. People kick. hanging off his people wow. hanging off his top and stuff. You're like, oh my god! <laughs> and I'm so nervous. And I'm thinking, just have some good moments. But on the way back in the bus, I'm you know I'm chuffed to bits. I'm trying to act cool in front of yeah. Al and Gary Speed and more Martin. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just sniggering away because I'm just thinking, I've made it. I'm on match of the day tonight. You know, I'm on match of the day. That was my thing. I was thinking the same thing. I match of the day. <laughs> That might have been the only time I've seen my doll, watching it that night. Brilliant. Brilliant. Amazing. Start. Amazing. And then, and then after that, you know, great start and you think things are going to go well and it struggled a little bit. What do you think? What do you put that down That's to me. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think similar to what you said, like when you was on the bus, I think in my mind, I just thought, because I've always been able, to score, been able to score goals and I just thought, yeah, I made it. I thought I was going to be at Man City forever. I don't remember working too much on my game. I did when Kevin Keegan was there. He used to yeah. take me and do some stuff. Yeah, but I just thought I made it. I liked the the wrong things of the game. I liked being recognised. I liked, obviously, the money it come with. And, it, and you know, football almost came second. And that was for a lot of years. Um, yeah, because at that time, at, at that age, when I first burst into the scene, I didn't reach my full potential. And I think it was just me getting too comfortable. And so there was a few moves after you left City. Yeah. Southampton was a decent spell, but Charlton yeah. as well. I, you know, I can remember you was playing against you and stuff, but yeah. um, well, you've just mentioned it there, I guess. You know, you were, you were maybe a bit too cocky. Yeah. Um, was it down to the fact that you felt you were losing confidence or, you know, I've, I've said you were cocky and I've seen you're losing confidence, but as you're dropping down the leagues and you're, you're, you're maybe struggling a bit to be the player that yeah. everyone expected you to be, yeah. you're losing confidence at that moment. Yeah, I think, do you know what, even at Southampton now, when I look back, it was an amazing, amazing club, amazing, like, for them to have wanted me at the time was like a, a compliment. But at the time, yeah, I was at a Premier League team and I remember looking at that for a long time as a step down. I hadn't done anything in the Premier League. You know, I hadn't, it's not like I had, yeah. you know, scored loads of goals, but that was my mind frame. You know, I remember thinking, I don't want to play in the Championship. Championship's a good league, like, very good. But that was my mind frame, you know? Yeah. So it's crazy. It just, and I just thought about, I just thought about that now. So it just shows you where I was, you know? I wasn't really willing to work, you know, really get my head down and be, because, like, even I think at that time, I would, I would score goals in the Prem. If I had a lot more chances, if I was focused, I think I could score. But I just wasn't there. Like, mentally, I just thought, oh, I'm famous. I've made it. I scored a goal on my debut. Next thing you know, I'm at Southampton. Started off okay. Fell off. Um, then I, had to, I ended up going to Plymouth. Plymouth, actually, that was the start of me, like, trying to really, like, get back into the swing of things. I remember, because I went there, I told my meniscus. 
But then when I came back from that injury, I came back and I didn't stop scoring. You know, I done I done well. It got me a move to Charlton. Charlton also scored, but I was still maybe it was the the careers of my dad and my brother. It was still not good enough for me. You know, as long as I wasn't in the prem doing what they were doing, it almost wasn't good enough for me. Um, yeah, but yeah, after that, I just come to the MLS and you know really try to put my head down and make my own story, if if that makes sense. Yeah, so when, when you felt like that turnaround was maybe coming, starting at Plymouth and we'll get to MLS where, where it, it certainly was a, a complete turnaround and you were, you were the hottest guy in MLS for a number of seasons, but was, was there a particular chat or was, was this all about you and, and digging inside and, and what, yeah. what who Bradley Wright Phillips was rather than Ian, Ian Wright's dad and, and Sean Wright Phillips' his brother? Was that a case yeah. of that? Yeah, it was there. It was definitely some soul-searching. Um, I don't know if I consciously made a decision, but I remember being at Plymouth, and no disrespect to Plymouth, but it was when you're a little boy, you don't dream, you know, especially from South East London. You don't dream of playing for Plymouth. I didn't anyway, but I had a great time there, um, and it kind of it started, it started to resurrect my career. But, yeah, I remember just saying, if I want to play at a, you know, a standard I can be proud of or, or a team I want to really, you know, I could stay at, I have to score goals here. So when I got back from my injury, and Plymouth was hard. I remember Peter Reid came in and he, he said, you know, I think you're, I think you have ability, but I think you, you're cocky. And I think you know me. I don't, I'm not a cocky person. I'm very yeah. like, you know, very calm. But maybe how I used to act, maybe that might have gave, you know, off the wrong signs. But I remember him saying, I'm not going to use you. You know, you're going to be out of the squad. And I just had to work hard. It really made me work hard. And then from then on, I feel like, in dribs and drabs, I, I was just getting my goals and slowly finding myself, slowly finding the player I wanted to be. Um, yeah, but it was a tough time. You know, now that you bring it up, it was like a tough time for me. You know? I never realised how hard, like, uh, Man City um, selling me was. Like, I've never realised how much it um, affected me. Yeah, people don't realise the, the mental side of this game. It's, you know, especially for guys like us who, in the face of a great careers you know we've, we've succeeded we've, we've had great moments we've won we've, we've enjoyed longevity but you know we're playing against guys or we have we have peers who are you know some of the best players in the world and, and yeah. you've got family members that are yeah. that are legends you know and yeah. so the, the constant struggle in your head I was the same yeah, you know, I'm a young yeah. lad in the Premier League and I'm kind of yo-yoing between Championship and Prem and I'm feeling like in some ways, this isn't how it was supposed to be. You know, I was supposed to be at one of the top clubs. Yeah. I was supposed to be yeah. the dominant centre half, and I'm 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 basically playing with fear for number yeah. of years until one yeah. day I wake up, Brad, and and maybe it was probably about the same age as you as well, mate. But I go like, look, I am what I am. I know what I'm good at. I'm a good leader. I'm a decent centre yeah. half. I I have some great attributes, and I'm lacking in certain areas to be a, yeah. a truly top player. But then, but then I relaxed, and I have to say I enjoyed that part of my yeah. career. And I think you're you're saying something similar here. Yes, and, yeah. And I, I think it started for you in England, but really, let's get to MLS. We, we came to MLS at the same time, different stages yeah. of your career, of course. But it was not fashionable to come to MLS in yeah. 2013. It was getting better, but it wasn't exactly... It wasn't, no. No, it wasn't the place that, that English players, British players, you know, bragged about going. It was almost like... 
a bit of a kind of graveyard or a transition yeah. to go there. And, and I'm yeah. sure at your age, it was even worse for you. For me, it was a, a life decision that ended up being yeah. a great footballing experience. But for you, yeah. it was probably like, this is the only place. Tell us how it came about and tell us about where your mentality was at that time. I think I was like, I was kind of fed up with um, football in England. I think there were certain things, little politics that was annoying me. Um, my form. I think at Charlton, I remember feeling very disrespected by Charlton. I think, you know, I helped get them promoted. I was top goal scorer. The next season we played, I had like 10 games where I scored one goal, you know. And then, um, yeah, I just couldn't get back. I didn't get a look in. They sent me on loan to Brentford. Then after the loan spell at Brentford, we got to Wembley. It was a decent... I can't. I want. Sorry, my son's just barged in here. No worries. Shut the door. No Shut the door, mate. Shut the door. Shut the door, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, I can't do that now. Sorry. That's brilliant. I just love coming it. Coming for ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> I love it. Get the man some ice cream. Well, he's shutting the door. He's getting locked out. Poor lad. Yeah. Um, what was I saying their codes? I was on. Yeah, coming to MLS. So the, the feeling. Yeah. So yeah, I was just. I was just, in my mind, I was just like kind of fed up with England and everything and how it was. Maybe I was like... Charlton was a bit disrespected in terms of... Yeah, maybe I was just fed up with it. I don't know if I was passing the blame or anything. I'm not sure at the time. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I'm done with this. I had a few offers in England that I didn't want to go to. I think a couple of League One teams and not because I felt I was better than it. I just... Yeah. It wasn't exciting me, you know? So I was like... Um, my agent calls me um, and he's just like, yeah, uh, New York Red Bulls are interested. Um... And at first, I'm like, MLS. I, again, like, ignorant to it, you know? Like, arrogant yeah. and ignorant to it. And I was just like, no, nah, I don't know. I'm not really sure. But then I didn't really want to stay in England. So I was like, do you know what? They, they said to him, let him come over for two weeks, see what it's like. And I was thinking, all right, I know Lloyd Sam. I knew Johnny Steele. Obviously, Thierry's there. I yeah. met him a few times. Tim Cahill. And then I'm starting to say the names. I'm like, this is some good players here, you know? Uh, let me see what the training ground's like. Because, again, like what we were saying about, like, training kit when you're young, you want everything to – I liked everything to be amazing. Yeah. I was like, let me see what the training ground's like. And I get there, they just moved in, like, a day before I got there. So it was, like, the new facility. I was like, I could do that, you know, I could do this. I stayed there for, like – it took me, like, a training session or two, and I was like, yeah, I want to stay here. And that's, that. that's the best decision I made in my career, for sure. So was, was Thierry – a big influence in, in, in and yeah. you getting over in the first place or is it the work that your agent did? No, uh, where, where no did it was that... more my agent. It was more yeah. my agent. I think like, yeah, he had a lot to, you know, a lot of influence at the club at the time. And yeah, he was obviously looking after the, you know, the best player in the league probably. So yeah, it was, that side wasn't difficult. It was more me just, you know, thinking if I could live there, could I bring my family? And I spoke to my wife. And she was like, yeah, why are you even thinking about this? Spoke to my dad and he's like, yeah, why are you even thinking? Go, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the rest is history, as they say. I, I couldn't believe that uh, when I got to TFC, the level of care and attention, the quality of the training, I was, I was really shocked, Brad. Shocked. I'm telling you, they don't know. A lot of these players don't know what it's like in England. Like 80% they think, yeah, they yeah. think everywhere is like Man United and Arsenal. And, yeah. And they think everything's like that. And I'm just like, that's exactly what you're saying. When I got there, I was like, what the heck? This is amazing. LAFC is <laughs> even better. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is crazy. I said that to someone when I first came. I said, 
you know, they're like, what's it like? I said, this is like playing for the Man United in MLS. Like, yes. they're, they're treating me like a star here. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like I was a star. It was, they're treating everybody yeah. the same. Everyone like that, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I think, and I don't think, I don't think every club's like that. You know, I think that, in fairness, the Red Bulls and, and TFC and, yeah. and LAFC are terrific yeah. organisations for looking after their players yeah. and doing things right, spending money on the right areas, nutrition and training ground and facilities and infrastructure, I think, is really important. And, yeah. and in some ways, they're the, the flag bearers for, for new modern MLS, aren't they? But mm-hmm. um, when you get there... You're, you're immediately thinking, wow, this is this is something I could I could settle here. Did yeah, you settle right into football right away? And you know, you hit the ground running, no. you did quite well at the start. No. no. I didn't. I didn't. I think it took me a while to to get used to the heat. You know, I got there in I think June or July. Yeah, it's tough. I remember getting I think I pulled my hamstring once. I scored maybe two goals. I scored one. You know, I was I was coming off the bench, but I scored one goal against Houston in thirteen. And then I think I scored in the playoffs. So it was like two goals maybe. I played about, I'm not even sure how many games, but I was coming off the bench, you know. And yeah, I had it, like I said, I had that hamstring. So it wasn't like all, it wasn't all like smooth. But I did know, I had the confidence. I was like, I could score. You know, in this team, I'm looking around at the players. I'm like, I can score here. And I remember at the time as well, um, I think it was Johnny still said to me, he was like, um, yeah, if you, in this, if you get 15 goals here, I don't know if it was something to do with the amount of games, but if you get 15 goals here, yeah, that's considered like a lot of goals. And that is anyway, 15 goals is a lot, but you know, I'm used to growing up in England where you, you see Alan Shearer scoring 30, Henri scoring 30, my dad scoring 20 odd, you know, and yeah. Andy Cole 30. So in my mind, I was always like the benchmark. I'm like, okay, if I get fit for this preseason, I can come, I think I can get 20 odd goals. You know, with Thierry Henri playing like the number 10, I was like, I'd have to be an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, I was quietly confident that I could, you know, in the fourteen season come back and do something. And but apparently, they didn't want me to come back. I didn't know that, but oh, you wow. know, I got a bit. Of, yeah, I heard that they, you know, they were thinking about letting me go after thirteen. So it's crazy that, how things work. That could have been the biggest mistake they ever made because you came <laughs> back in fourteen and, and you, you know, <laughs> twenty-seven goals you scored, and you were yeah. you were sensational. You're the best striker in MLS, and 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 then the, the the subsequent seasons after that, so consistent. But that fourteen season, you came back fitter. I think you said there, and and you obviously had Thierry. Like, please tell yeah. us, like, was it was it the focus and the fitness that set you up, and then a partner like Thierry, like I played against yeah. the guy numerous times, and just ridiculous. What was it like to play with him? Unbelievable. Um, the, the the things I learned from that guy just from conversations because one thing I don't know if people know that this man loves football like I, I love football but I, I didn't think there was anyone that loved football more than me this man is like loves the game and the first thing he said to me that got rid of my arrogance immediately was um, I know you probably you think this league's easy because I remember saying something I watched the game and I was like how do you guys not win that? I don't get how you didn't win that game like I'm looking around, look at the team, doing it, and he's just like, MLS isn't easy. I know people think it's easy, but it's, it's not easy. So then that makes me think, I'm thinking, if he's saying that, then, okay, let me do a bit more homework, let me do my research. But he, yeah, just training sessions with him, um, conversations about the game, things I should do when I get into goal-scoring positions. Uh, I have to play with your back to goal. And then not only having those conversations and those, um, like, every day, but seeing him do those things. It, it upped my game so much because I was always like kind of deadly around the box but just everything else like thinking about 
the whole game just improved like so much more. Uh, he, he's some man. I, I visited Carl Robinson when he was at the Red Bulls. He was a good friend of mine for Sunderland in yeah. 2011, maybe. I was at Wigan and I got a break. It was an international break. I wasn't selected. Yeah. I come over and I, I see Thierry after training and, you know, I, I'm trying to be polite. I nod, but I'm thinking, he's not going to know who I am. No, yeah. He comes over. He must have talked to me for, for two hours about mm. the game, like you yeah, said. About football. He took me everywhere, Brad. I, I was feeling guilty like I was keeping him off his gym work and that. But he, he said, come here, he's come there. Me. He took me around. He's telling me about Barcelona. He's telling me about Arsenal and, and sharing, yeah. you know, insight and, and stories that, you know, very few are lucky enough to get from a, a, he's a guy. Unbelievable. He's some he's man. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He's um, unbelievable. A lot of people get him wrong. They think he's like rude or, you know, yeah. he just, he's a winner and he's a perfectionist and I can only say that helped me. I think the, he gets a, he's been having a bit of stick with his man, uh, managerial career, you know, because of the, what happened at Monaco. But I said, I know this. This game needs him. His football yeah. mind is unbelievable. The game needs him. Um, I, I hope he does well at Montreal and you know kicks on from there. Yeah, definitely. And 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 you kicked on for that 14 season. You kept scoring goals with or without Thierry. Yeah. I think you were in a a, a, a superb team, a fantastic organization, like I said, but. You guys just could never quite get that MLS Cup, could you? Three supporter shields, 13, yeah. 15 and 18, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah. and I mean, tell us a bit about, you know, the, the margins in winning are slight, aren't they? It's just yeah. almost like a toss of a coin come the end. Yeah. Guys we're on the wrong side of that so many times. But was there something that you can pinpoint that was missing or, or was it just yeah. luck? And what was it like playing with a team like that through the years? Yeah. First of all, I try and, I've tried to pinpoint why we didn't win the MLS Cup. I've, I can't, I can only think it comes down to mentality or maybe a slight, you know, tactic change or something we've done. I'm, I'm not really sure or, or the big guys not showing up when they should have, you know, but I can't really put my finger on one thing. It just didn't happen. I, I don't get why. I really don't. Because if you look at the players in all of those squads, it's, yeah. know, it doesn't even make sense. You know, not- Teams that we've lost to, I think there was one year we lost to Houston in the playoffs. I think that season we beat them like 4-1, yeah. you know, 3-0 and like crazy results. And then you play them in the playoffs. All of a sudden it's a crazy game, like 2-1 one, one until late. And it's, it's, it's mad. I really don't know how to explain it. Like, I think the playoffs thing I've just never been able to get to grips with. You win the Shield, you are the best team in the country. You've won <laughs> most points throughout the season. You know, like yeah. that's harder to do than win the the playoffs. But it's just some reason it's um, it's, it's difficult to it, it still evades it still evaded us at, at Red Bull. I don't know why. Well, we we've both been here long enough to realise that the the playoff system is not going anywhere. It's just <laughs> intrinsic in North American sport, isn't it? But yeah, just, just you agree with me because I I think I'm with you. I, I think that think that your current team who who had a sensational season LAFC last year and then. Yeah. Never- Cup and, and some of the Red Bull teams that were absolutely sensational that never won the Cup. Do you think that there should be more more emphasis on that regular yeah. season heading into the playoffs? I don't know how. I know they're trying with the home advantage for the best team throughout the playoffs. Yeah. But, but there needs to be more, doesn't there? There needs to be more relevance on regular season games. Yeah. I think they can change the, the shield into like actual, an actual trophy. Yeah. You know, that... Yeah. 
you know, everybody knows winning. If you win like a champion, you get the you get a shield. I mean, a trophy. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Keep playoffs. This is we're in America. We've come here. We decided to come here and play. This is this is how it works here. I get that, but I do think um, yeah, winning the shield it should be a bigger deal because that is way harder to do to be the best team the best team over that that many months that uh, period of time for people just to say okay yeah you won the shield but now try and win the playoffs like, it just just seems a bit like pushed out of the way you know it's like it's not enough yeah. I think well the 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 sort of the the cup competition they're talking about maybe coming in July is something that maybe could come as a playoff form at the end of the season. But I'm with you. Let's let's make the the, the league winners, the supporter shield winners, real champions, have them a little bit of break and then get into yeah, that then go into playoff else. competition. You know, for certain yeah, yeah. places, certain uh, certain uh, you know trophies, I guess. But I'm yeah. with you because because until we get to a point where there's an MLS game in in New York in July and you know people actually find it relevant and they're, they're there and they understand they where understand that. these three TFC points are massive New York where TFC yeah. are in the league and who yes. plays for TFC and, and there's a buzz about this league rather yeah. than a regional aspect to it where you only really support or care about your team. We're never going to grow to the point where we can start yeah. competing with some of the better leagues in Europe. Do you agree? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so, so Sean's back with you in New York, and uh, and he plays for a couple of years. It must have been really special. And yeah. uh, you're the top dog. Sean's coming yeah, in. It's weird. Time. It's weird. <laughs> you're the man. So I love that dynamic, and uh, and I think we touched on it a bit earlier. You know, play, I love your story with Sean and the tears in his eyes when you score your first goal, but. I always tell people that the, the, the Jonathan Woodgates that I've played with, the centre halves, the forwards through the years, Shearers and whoever, there's nothing quite like playing with your brother, is there? Just the yeah. telepathy you have with him, the understanding, yeah. the the pride, the, yeah. the obviously the, the sibling camaraderie. It's special, isn't it? No, it was. It's something that you, you I would never, I would never forget, and I'm truly like, like I'm truly thankful to Man City and Red Bulls because. That, uh, that that's an amazing experience. The second time around at Red Bull, I made sure, you know, I was going to appreciate this. And I remember Sean, before he came and got his place, uh, before he had his place sorted, I, I wanted him to stay at the house. He stayed in the house. We were down at the basement. The basement looked like a, a whole new house down there. He came, put everything, his PlayStation, or his Xbox, sorry, carpet, big screen TV. And it was just amazing because we'll get up in the morning, go training together. We'd come home together, you know, like everything, lunch, everything together. And it was just... Because you've got to think about before that, after we're always after Man City, we're just different places, you know, crossing all over the, over England. He's in Manchester, I'll be in London or Southampton. He goes to London, I'm in Plymouth. You know, I go back down to London, he's in, back in Manchester. Like, so it was, it was crazy to, to be back in the same place and, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I wish it was a little bit longer. Yeah, I, I had that one year with Gary at, at Wigan and it was the same thing. It's, it's another sacrifice we make as football players and it's tough when your brother is a, a professional as well. But you, you're right, you're moving all over the place. You never get see, to spend yeah. time. Literally never yeah. get to spend time with your brother. Yeah. And then we had that year at Wigan and it was just, I just had a big smile on my face. The best, right? I'm driving in the training with my brother. <laughs> I'm rooming with my brother. You know, yeah, you room with him and everybody. I know. I'm a kid again. Fell yeah. like a teenager, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, it's man. special. Um, so on to LAFC and yeah. um, 
you know, a tough last year. Let's let's go to last year in New York first, and a tough year for you. And and I'm a bit saddened. I've got great respect for you. You're a friend of mine, but your career was so good in New York. I just feel like it was an anticlimactic ending. Do you feel that yourself? Do you wish that it had been a bit kind of tidier in the yeah. way it ended there? For sure, for sure. I think at the time I didn't really get to think about much. I was going through like a lot of injury problems. I, well, not a lot, just this one injury I had. And it was just me. And, it, and behind the scenes, I'm talking to, you know, Dennis Hamlet and the other guys about, you know, what they want to do next year. So then I wasn't really getting straight answers. You know, I wasn't getting too many straight answers. They didn't know they have to speak to someone in Germany or Austria. And it just, you know, after it started, I couldn't get straight answers. I started, you know, just, you know, I wasn't getting fit. They didn't know what the problem was. No one really knew. The conversations weren't going great. And it just, it didn't feel like to me I was at Red Bull anymore. It just felt like, you know, like we were just going like different ways. And that was like sad for me at the time. But at the time, I, I was kind of numb to it. I was just like, it's football, you know? It is what it is. This is what happens, you know? You can't expect anything from anyone. That kind of mind frame. Yeah, but I wish I just knew in the beginning that, you know, I wish they could have, we could have figured out what my injury was and how we could have solved it earlier. And I just wish that they could have told me in the beginning that of the season, that like, listen, you're older. We, you know, we're going a younger route. Um yeah, next season won't be with us, but this season we want to make sure we give you a good send-off. You, you fulfill a lot of the things that you want to feel, fulfill in this season and then we go from, you know, and then like that, something like that, something smooth yeah. where we both had an understanding. But even at the end of the season, when we're having end-of-season meetings, they're still not, you know, fully saying, you know. Well, in the end-of-season meeting, it did come up, but a week before the season, I still don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what school my kids are going to be going. Yeah. I don't know where I'm telling my wife where we're going to be living, you know? And it's just like, for me spending so much years there and doing what I've done there, I just think it could have went a bit smoother. Yeah, you deserved better, didn't you? And you deserved that, that last chance to, to prove the yeah. player that you were, that you could come back for that injury. Do yeah. you feel like exactly, because I'm doing like that now at another club. Yeah, know? for sure. Um, the other thing I want to ask is about the Red Bulls is, you know we all know what the philosophy is of the Red Bulls and it's, it's brilliant. It's about promoting kids up through the academy and through yeah. Red Bulls too and into the first team and it's about youth and it's about turnover and they're a selling club. They're part of a bigger scheme, of course, with Salzburg and, and Leipzig yeah. and Europe. Uh, and we've seen Tyler Adams go over there and, and, and turnover. But do you think that is detrimental to their success in MLS and should they maybe build on their teams a little bit longer to try and get over the line and win an MLS Cup? They have to. I think I think that works for the yeah Red Bull Leipzig. I think that works because the young players they get in are, are top class. They can yeah. pick from basically the whole of Austria and Germany. They get the best players in. And that's not disrespect to Red Bull's young players. I'm just saying I like what they do. I like that they bring young players up. I like that they give them a chance. You know, I was a young player once, but I think they need a balance. Yeah. I think they need a balance, they need a core, and then they need to bring in young players with that core, hold the core for longer, hold the younger, you know, the the younger players, keep them around so they know what's um, you know, they know what's to be expected and and you move from there. I think the turnover is way too quick, you know, not just because I've gone, but I've seen it with Dax, Sasha, Lloyd Sam, Mike Greller. These were all players that if you asked Red Bull fans who they remember at Red Bull, you know, who their players, th- those would be the names. And I, I think they're just, they're a little bit too quick to, to let, you know, a player go when it, it's, it's more about their age than, than what yeah. they can do on the pitch, you know. And I don't think, 
I think the way they play, the system is unbelievable. The system is Red Bull's best player. I've said that for years, even when I was there. But I, I think it will be tough for them to win an MLS Cup against, you know, what other teams are doing. Other teams are spending money. Other teams are bringing in top-class players. You know, if you look at this LAFC team, the squad yeah. is it's unbelievable, you know. So that's what they'll be competing with. And it will be tough. And I think it just puts too much pressure on the young guys. I think it puts way too much pressure on young guys to come in and, um, and, and win a trophy, win a cup. Because that's what Red Bull fans are used to. They're used to being number one or two, yeah, uh, three the most, and and going for playoffs. And you know, if they if they don't see that, then it's, you know, it's going to be problems. So I'm sure when you were leaving uh, New York, uh, you had options. Why LAFC? What well, what were the options? Was it was it maybe back to the UK or was it always staying in North America? And and why yeah. LAFC? I think yeah, I had a few options. I had a lot of people questioning my uh, my groin which is normal, but um, I took it kind of as, you know, I took it kind of, um, I took offense to it a little bit. You know, yeah. when people would, that's the first thing they would, because I think my age was coming up too much, which it does, like, which it will, like I'm 35 now. But um, I just think LAFC were the, the nicest to me about my injury. It wasn't just you're injured, this and that. It was, we can get you fit from here, you know, and get you back to where you were. Everyone else is just like trying to, trying to lowball me they're like you're injured so we'll do this and maybe do that but it was just always my injury and when I spoke to LAFC it was more about yeah we you know for years we've we've thought about you you know for a couple of years we've thought about you um your name's propped up a few times it's obviously Bob Bradley he's a quality manager spoke to John Forrington on the phone a few times and they just had nothing but nice things to say and then when I do my own research go through the, uh, the squad you know why wouldn't I want to be a part of that you know that kind of team it was actually a no-brainer, but the, the thing that swayed me was how they were with my injury. They, it wasn't the, the end of everything. For everyone else, it was like the end. You know, just that, that's how Red Bull was. Like, he's injured, he's old, and it's, you know, almost we can't work with you. But these guys are like, you know, um, yeah, they wasn't too phased by him. I just want to pay them back. I, I like what they showed me there. Yeah, I know John Thorrington well. We, we, we speak for time to time on the phone and uh, he, he's a brilliant guy and he's, he's built a, He's a smart man as well. He's built a superb club there. The infrastructure's second to none, isn't it? It really yeah, is. Very good. Draw. And, and what I like about what you said there was that uh, as a club, they've said, how can we make Bradley Wright Phillips better? You know, even yeah. at 34, 35 well, years yeah. is, um, is that what you're looking for? You know, this, this last few years in the game where you can still show, keep people what you're capable of. You're, you're, yeah. you're part of a squad now. You're a... A, yeah. a veteran player, you're an influence in the dressing room as much as you are on the field. Is yeah. that how you're you're seeing this? I know you're a guy that will yeah. want to play and want to play as no, many as sure. possible, but I'm just saying a bit of a different role. Do you see it like that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a bit of both, but this is why I wanted to come here too. It's a challenge. It's not going to be easy to get into the team. And I have that kind of personality. If I go somewhere and it's easy, I'll be easy. You know, if it's if no one cares about doing gym or doing extras or working on stuff, then I won't do it. If I go somewhere where you need, where I get pushed, the standards high, I'm, I'm always at my best. And that's what I've learned. So I want to come somewhere where it's not going to be easy to get in a team. I want to come somewhere where they, they want to win every game. It's not, they don't go away in this, you know, oh, maybe we can take a point here. Da, da, da. I, want a, I want a team that they go everywhere expecting to win and I want it to be competition all over the pitch. 
because when I'm in that kind of environment, I'm, I'm very good. Do you need to win an MLS Cup in your mind to feel fulfilled from your time here in North America? I wouldn't say my whole time here, but I would, I think to get in any kind of conversation of being, you know, amongst the best here, I think I kind of have to. Right. You know, but personally, I think, you know, I'll be, I'm proud of what I've done. You know, my family, I'm my wife is, you know, my dad, brother. So I can live with it, but personally, I want to win an MLS Cup. In fact, I need to. Yeah. <laughs> I love that attitude. You can see, you can see that, or you can hear that burning desire that's still in your voice. The, 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 the will to compete. Um, like I said, it's it's no mean task to try and get in that side. You've got Rodriguez, Uruguay, and you've got Carlos Vela, the best player in the league, one of the best players in the league, and 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 obviously Diego Rossi on on the other side. So you know, how do you break into this team, and and how are you feeling yeah. from your groin point of view, fitness point yeah. of view? And, uh, and and what role do you have to play in, in the next yeah. few months when we get back to football? Yeah, you also forgot to mention Diamando, Diamande. Oh, I forgot about him. Beast. Yeah, he's a beast. Quality. So it makes it even harder. Yeah, so, nah, I expect to be me. I think they, they picked me up for a reason. You know, I've, I can score goals in this league. I know I can. Um, I've just got to work hard towards and, and try and get in a team. Once I get in a team, you know, it's the old school saying, but you just keep the shirt. There's going to be opportunities for me and I've just got to, you know, do what I do. Um, it won't be easy, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, what else did you say? Something else? Um, I'm just thinking about you know your your kind of goals, your fitness, your your, your groin. Oh, yeah, my you fitness, feeling, my groin. You know, you're feeling good with that. The groin is it's been good for for a couple months now. You know, it's been good. Yeah, coming here, um, yeah, it saved my groin because the things we've done. I, I'm not sure if I'd have done that anywhere else. So it's another thing I have to thank them for. But yeah, I'm fully fit. You know, if the corona's done any coronavirus has done anything, it's if give me a little bit of time to, you know, to really get fit. Um, I'm a lot stronger. I'm, I'm running every day. Um, work out. Um, I feel strong. I feel good. I'm just excited to go. Just I just need to kick off. I just want to go. Yeah, must be frustrating. But we're missing games last year, and and with the break with the virus, it's yep. desperate to get back. But the, the somewhat ironic thing is that I see it as. You know, a guy who won three supporter shields and who was part of the, the best regular season teams over the last six, seven years. I see you as somewhat of an X factor now for a team who had their own struggles in the playoffs last year because to me, you're a guy that can be so dangerous with, you know, freshness in the legs and impact either off the bench or from the start yeah. in certain games, certain scenarios. You talked about the, the other four guys there that, that all have very different attributes to their game. Yeah. This, to me, is a, a side that's primed to win. Um, is the hunger still there for the group of players? Of course, they'll be disappointed for last year, but do you see a team burning with desire to go and get over the hurdle and win that MLS Cup? Oh, yeah. I thought I was going to get here and it'd be kind of laid back. Um, and I, I think that's where Bob, you know, is, is yeah. really good. He's, he's very intense with how he wants to play. His messages to the players, and the players will take it on board. It's a good changing room to where... You know, we've all been in different change rooms to where some are just, you know, nobody cares. Once the message is, is said, it's just, it is what it is. I'm going to yeah. do me. But it's not like that here. I think everyone, you know, takes on board what he says and, and, and they keep that, that message relayed around the change room, around the facility, not just winning games, but just with everything, you know, with how you carry yourself. And it's like I said before, I need to be in places like that because that's when I'm at my best. And I think from what I've seen early from the players, it seems like they're, they're similar. 
Yeah, uh, brilliant, mate. I, I want to thank you. I think it's been a very insightful chat into, you know, the, the mindset of a of a top player and uh, and also of a guy that just wants to win, you know, and wants to achieve. So uh, I, I've appreciated your time, mate. I've loved battling with you on the field. It's been, it really has been a pleasure. And I, and I do think, Brad, that and I'm not just saying this, I'm sincere with this. I think there's a few chapters to be written in your career, mate. I do think yeah. that you're in the right place to go and pick up some more silverware. So good luck to you, mate. And, and thanks again for coming on Footy Talks with Stephen Caldwell, player to player. Thanks for having me, Cords, man. Honestly, I appreciate it. And I hope you're right about them, them chapters because that's why I, I go to bed thinking about it every night. I think about that every night. So I hope you're right, my friend. Thanks, and mate. And if you are, we get a beer. Thanks Talk for having me. Can't wait. See you later, mate. Cheers, Brad. You're a good man, mate. You too, man. I'll see, see you, you soon, pal.